Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Did you know that HIV treatment has changed over the years? Most HIV pills contain three or more medicines. Today, HIV pills with just two medicines may help you stay undetectable. That's nice, right? HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, it's no worries, because your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. I learned this from my grandmother. Independence doesn't mean loneliness. Mm, Interesting, interesting. And mine is, I think, contrary to popular belief now, thanks to social media not everybody aspires to be a city girl or a f boy period that ass hey i'm kadeen and i'm deval and we're the ellises you may know us from posting funny videos with our boys and reading each other publicly as a form of therapy wait i make you need therapy most days Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention, we're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. This story time takes me back to my grandmother, Della May Perry Ellis. Aww. She dropped a May. She's not a Perry. She's an Ellis. Della so May Perry Ellis. My name was Della May Perry Ellis. Shout out to Nana. Aww. And this was, I would have to say, it had to be 2013. Okay. Because Jackson was born. Okay. Um, They were living in my parents' basement. Mm-hmm. And I used to come by Canarsie with yes. Jackson all the time because this is when... You were working at Max still, mm-hmm. and I was I was taking care of Jackson during the day. Mm-hmm. So I remember drop coming by to drop Jackson by because I had some clients to take care of, and I was dropping him by my my dad, and we went downstairs in the basement. I was talking to Nana, and he was like, "What's up?" She was like, "She was just like, what's up, baby?" I was like, "What's up? How are you, Nana?" She was like, "I'm I'm fine." She said, you dropping the baby off? I said, "Yeah." She was just like, "I don't know what it is with these women these days." I was like, "What you mean?" She was just like, "They just seem more concerned about." You know, going to work, going to work, going to work. I ain't never want to go to work. <laughs> she said, I spent my whole life working. I've been working since I was 12 years old. I couldn't go to high school because I had to work oh, wow. to help my parents and help uh, raise my younger siblings. Mm-hmm. I've always been working. There wasn't a day in my life I woke up saying, I can't wait to get to work today. <laughs> She's like, this whole thing where everybody want to work and go to go to work, who going to be watching the kids? So Nana was pretty much saying, soft life me before soft life was a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. She absolutely was saying that. And it, my grandfather was able to provide her with a soft life after mm-hmm. he got promoted to the manager of the factory. Mm-hmm. And they moved to 
Tennessee at the time, my aunt was, I think, in, in college. So mm-hmm. she was like the last child. She was the baby. She was in college. So she was about 19, 20. But my Nana didn't have to work anymore at that point. Mm-hmm. And what was crazy to me was that she was saying to me about us, she was just like, you know, y'all don't get caught up. You know, here y'all talk about money and money this, money that. Don't get caught up in chasing all this money and have the, the these kids all in the street. Mm. And you know how older people, when they get to a point in their life where they just don't care what you think anymore, right? They they're did, gonna they tell just be you because yep. they have wisdom. She was mm-hmm. honest. She was just like, yeah, yo, yeah, young people, everybody want to go out for stuff and go out here and make this money, make this money, and their kids be out in the street. Dan might have had a point. And and she told, she said, you know, I worked, I worked at nights. Your mm-hmm. your father, your grandfather worked in the day. So in the daytime, when your aunts and uncles came home, they had somebody to come home to. Mm-hmm. I was here when they came home. And that impacted your mindset because Absolutely. you said you wanted the same thing for your kids. Absolutely. I, I don't ever remember not being with a family member. When mm-hmm. my parents were both working, I got dropped to my Aunt Weezy's house. Mm-hmm. Like, like family has always been important and there's always been a matriarch mm-hmm. that's always like kind of taking care of everyone. And when I mean everyone, my Aunt Weezy took care of my Uncle Sam mm-hmm. and her daughters, you know, and their kids, if they had their, because my cousin uh, Lisa had a baby very young. Mm-hmm. So Tasha was her granddaughter. So she took care of Tasha, but then she also took care of the community's kids. Right. So there were other kids in the community came by Aunt Weezy's house after school, plus me and my brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there was always a matriarch. And my grandmother said to me, one of the greatest uh disservices done to the the family was everybody going out there thinking they had to make money. Mm. That's what she said to me. All right, now, Nana. The shoes on my feet, I bought them clothes I'm wearing. I I got it. I'm rocking. Because I depend on me if I wanted the watch that you're wearing. I'll buy it. Shoot, because I want to be able to buy it, too. The house I live in, I bought it. The car I'm driving, I, I depend on me. To all my ladies, independent, independent. throw your hands up at me. I love that. So, question. Such a good song. Because I remember However, that. However, as you look at the lyrics to this song, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to buy my own diamonds and my own rings. I want the ability to be able to do that, but I don't really want to do that. So, let me be honest with you. That's with that, just right? me, though. You know, they're starting to come at certain people. Artists, all artists. Yes, right? I know exactly at, where you're going with so this. They're, they're coming at, you know, rappers saying, like, you're not really a thug. Why are you acting like a thug? You're not acting, you're not really a thug. This right. is all a fake. Right. Right. It was like Beyonce. You want to mm-hmm. be independent, but you married somebody who was a bit like is on his way to be a billionaire. Uh, but she's very well. That's my point along though. The lines but she's of being still, there too. But that's my point. She wants she still did that, but right. she still married somebody mm-hmm. who's who made more money than her mm-hmm. who still makes more money than her mm-hmm. which proves the point that a woman who has her own still could want that life oh for sure you understand what i'm saying she is me i am her <laughs> Kenny, you are not beyonce Beyonce. i'm not saying i'm beyonce person i know i'm from brooklyn I, it's a and lot I of similarities bit, here right but I you are not from houston I'm, I'm not but <laughs> i'm not but if you want i can Get the draw and talk like they do down there too. You already put on a leotard when I asked you not to. I asked you <laughs> to put on a cheerleader outfit with curly hair. You put on a leotard because you what think you're Beyonce. What I'm saying is, is the fact that I have earning potential and am very well doing it 
for myself and on my own, but it's that much better doing it with a man. Well, that's the point. Who's doing it together. That's what we're going to talk about today. Well, shit. We talking about paying di- buying diamonds and all that stuff. We can't do nothing if we don't pay no bills over here, y'all. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's, you know, cap the discussion for now. We'll pay these bills. Okay. Are you going to pay from your account or I'm going to pay from my account? I only know one account. You have your own account. <laughs> all my stuff goes to the family anyway. So Same. It's all the same so, pie. Well, we're going to play these ads. We'll let somebody okay. else pay for it. How about no, that? No, we're not paying the ads. We're going to let I'm the ads let the pay ads, themselves. That's not me. You know what I'm trying to so say. So we can get paid. That part. We'll be back, y'all. <laughs> hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, you're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip. Because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I don't know. Go for a run. Take a nap. Read a book. Maybe show up for a friend. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
All right, now we're back. I have some questions so for you. So we're about oh, you got questions for me? Yes. Really? Well, first of all, what, what Nana said was absolutely true because it's funny. I saw a video on one of these social media platforms that the person was ranting and was just mm-hmm. like, who exactly asked for women to be able to have the right to work? I don't want to work. Soft <laughs> life me. Let me find somebody who lets me be a stay-at-home mom, wife, housekeeper, whatever <laughs> what the, the hell. Meme said? It wasn't a meme. It was somebody like oh, okay, ranting. Okay, yeah. ranting. Okay, okay. And they were just like, who asks for the, like who wants to get up and go to work every day mm-hmm. because they have to? I think it's a thing where some women want the ability to decide whether or not they want to. Well, that's that's what I wanted to ask you. Like mm-hmm. the like when we think about independent, mm-hmm. or everyone, every woman was singing about independence. Yeah, right. When the actuality is, it should have been singing about interdependence mm-hmm. because women are fighting for the right to be able to do that when they want to. The mm-hmm. same way men are fighting, well, men have been able to do what they want to do in this country in this world for forever. Mm-hmm. Women want to be able to have the same latitude. It's absolutely what we've been right. fed. Like Mm -hmm. I think about my generation specifically Mm -hmm. and what I was fed from my mom and the women around Mm me. Um, My mom was always a proponent of you're going to go out there. Mm -hmm. You're going to have your own. You're going to always have your backup plan in the Mm -hmm. event that things go awry with you and whoever you end up being with. Mm -hmm. You should be self-sufficient. You should also be someone who can add to and bring value to your spouse and your family, not someone. And this is financially now. She wasn't Mm -hmm. even talking about just being a caretaker. She wasn't talking about investing time in children. It was strictly fiscally um, fiscal advice she was giving me. She said, you need to be in a position where you're able to do this with or without a companion. And being an adult, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. But, but being an adult. Yeah. That, that's essentially, that's it. Yeah. Um, but I think as I got older and she saw like we started dating and stuff like that, it was probably a bit intimidating for her to see like, okay, so Deval is dating this boy, Kadeen. I mean, uh, Kadeen is dating this boy, Deval. Mm-hmm. And he is now in the NFL. So that means that he is earning lot more money than she is. Mm. For her, it was a trigger for me to move to Detroit with you to then be dependent on you because I didn't have a job at the time. I had mm. no income, right? Mm. So for her, it was me relinquishing what she thought I think was just control, relinquishing um, the ability to be able to provide for myself or to bring something to our relationship that was tangible and lucrative because then all the balls were in your court Mm -hmm. and you were the one that was able to then provide for me. So I couldn't make a decision or make a move in her mind without me having to ask for permission, right? Or having to ask for an allowance and things like that, which was very much a real thing back in the the NFL. There were some wives who spoke openly about, you know, I'm at home, I don't work, I'm raising the kids or I'm pregnant Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I get an allowance from my husband and right. that was a triggering word because you put allow allowance anything having to do with someone right. allowing you to do something right. can potentially be an issue because you feel like Absolutely. you said stifled or you you feel like you're being controlled right. so that's something that I was fed early on was having to be independent interdependence was not a thing I don't think or it wasn't a it term it was never spoken of right. that was spoken of right. there was an idea that yeah you'd meet somebody eventually and you can build a life together but that was never the focus mm-hmm. um, and I think that's almost 
it's like falling into the trap of what you've been fed as a child. The same way I was fed the, 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 the narrative or the notion of, you know, don't go to a HBCU because the world is not HBCU. They, the world is not all black. Mm. Um, you have to learn how to interact with and deal with people of all different races and genders and sexes and classes. Mm. So you can't just limit yourself by going to a HBCU. And here I am regretting every minute that I didn't get to go right, jump right, up in right. the drum line because, you know, I <laughs> right. missed out on that experience. And that culture that you learned from And that from culture. HBCU, so it's a culture thing and it's definitely a, a socioeconomic thing that we um, are instilling in men and women that mm. women particularly have to have their own and it's usually centered around not having to depend on a man for mm. the things that you want and need gotcha so independence for me when I, when I think about like just the music in general right mm -hmm. think about scrubs bills mm-hmm what used to be confusing for me, right, mm -hmm. was you got independent women, but then you got bills, bills, bills. Right. So you want independence, but then you're asking if I can pay your pay bills. bills. Uh -huh. And then women are wondering why men are confused about what you want as a woman. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when I, when I think about, like, the confusing messages mm -hmm. that are being sent to the youth or being sent to people, it makes me realize that we as a community of people have to actually start looking at the facts mm -hmm. and not listening to what people are saying in the media, right? Mm -hmm. Because other than music, now you have a group of podcasts, right? And if, and, you know, <laughs> shout out Deadass Podcast because yes. I feel like we do a great job of trying to stay in our lane of what it is and not getting involved in a bunch of the bullshit. Right. But if you open up your social media mm -hmm. in this day and age, mm -hmm. the first thing you see, depending on who you follow, is... Young black men and young black women arguing about who's at fault for the state of black America. Right. right? And they're we saying, love an argument like that. Right. We, we love to argue and we love to argue about why black people aren't getting married. Mm -hmm. When in fact, that's not even the truth. Mm -hmm. Black people are getting married at a higher rate today than they were in the 70s. Two times more than they were in the 70s. So 50 years ago, black people weren't getting married at a rate as they were today. Mm. But here we are arguing right. about something that's not even real. We're arguing about a narrative that's not real. And I think a large part of that is how we communicate to one another what we're looking for. Mm. So, for example, when black men hear independent women, mm -hmm. they automatically assume their women are talking about, I got all my degrees, I make all my money, I don't need you for anything. but I want you to pay all my bills because that's what you should be doing as a man. But just know that I don't need it. And if you're going to be <laughs> with me in this relationship, you need to be paying all my bills while I keep all my money to myself. When realistically, that's not even the messaging that black women are trying to send to black men. And no. in reality, that's not how marriages are working. It's more no. about interdependence mm -hmm. and not independence. Mm -hmm. And interdependence is extremely different because that's, a person, and since we're talking about women and interdependence, that is a woman coming to be a part of a team, mm -hmm. which means you depend on me, but I also, I also depend, depend on, on you. you. Right. That's what creates a marriage. That's what creates the team aspect, being of service to each other. And if you look at some of these facts and stats, right? Mm -hmm. In 2018, researchers surveyed over 1,200 single and married women between 30 to 45 years old. 44% of single women respondents ranked living on their own as the number one priority. 34% okay. ranked establishing a career as their top priority. So that's number two. Mm -hmm. 27 ranked financial security as their most important. And then for single women, getting married was the number one priority for only 20%. Mm. 
Mm. Which means it still wasn't even that high, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was still 20%, up there. Only twenty percent, twenty percent, and then it said followed by twelve uh, percent said to getting a promotion at work, and ten percent who said moving to a new state and or community. I'm surprised that living on their own is the number one priority, but I guess living in their own, I guess that again speaks to being independent. Yes, right, yes. having your own. That's the little phase of life that I said I missed out on. Yep. was having that moment where I just felt like, man, I can do this on my own, mm-hmm. and taking pride in that, and being mm-hmm. able to be self sufficient and sustain a lifestyle that you want for yourself, or also being able to say, you know what? Because I went from from my parents' house essentially to yours. And I never had right. a moment where I could be like, well, you know what, nigga? We ain't getting along right now. You go back to your place because right. I, you know, can be the ruler of what happens here because it's my place. Right. So I think that speaks to the um, the idea of women wanting to be independent in that sense where there's not a reliance on anyone or anything. Which which I understand. But you know what's also crazy here to me when I look at this, right? Mm-hmm. It says 34% rank establishing a career as their top priority, but then 27 rank financial security. Mm. So more women were looking to establish a career and be financially secure, which means they're more focused on the titles. titles. Yeah, titles. Titles I, are important. Man, I can titles think of a number important. of people who I know now that may not even have, um, you know, large salaries that they're making, yeah. but can tell you how many degrees bachelor's, master's, have. and doctorate degrees they have just to have them. So this is the crazy part, Like right? lifelong students, Check you know? this out. Just because black women, and I'm reading this, this is part of another study, just because black women are more likely to graduate from college than their male counterparts doesn't mean that they out-earn black men. Actually, black men are more likely than black women to bring home at least $75,000 annually. Mm. Also, double the number of black men than women make at least $250,000 annually. Because the pervasive gender gaps in income, black men remain the breadwinners in the black community. So... Mm. The reason why I bring this up is because if you hear a lot of these conversations happen on social media, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing that women may argue, younger women, like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to say younger women because, and I'm going to say younger, more immature women, because mm-hmm. the more imma- the more mature, uh, wise women aren't having these conversations no, for everyone. I don't think this is our generation. This is not. And our generation, if anything, have had revelations yes. since their 20s. And, yes. Because they definitely shared some of the yes. mindset of yes. the women nowadays who are in their 20s. Then I can be a testimony to that. I mm-hmm. was a very immature 27-year-old when Deval presented me with, do you want the wedding or the house? And I was like, I yeah. want both. And he's yeah. like, you have to pick one. And I'm like, give me the day. And you know, there yeah. were just so many different things that now I'm looking at through a completely different lens. And it's not just women who are who are falling victim to this because men oftentimes find themselves being intimidated and defensive when they hear a woman has degrees, mm-hmm. not realizing that you can still earn a high income without the degrees. Mm-hmm. So then a lot of these That's young, true. immature men are starting to lash out at women with degrees, mm-hmm. saying things like, and I've listened to some of these podcasts, oh, you think you better than me just because you got a degree. And I'm just like, no, she's a she's listing what she's accomplished. You may feel a way because she may has accomplished she may have accomplished more than you academically. Mm-hmm. So now because you feel a way, you're projecting your insecurity on her and y'all are arguing about something that doesn't even correlate to what brings money into the, the household, household because black men are still the breadwinners in our community. Mm-hmm. Which I which I, I like to point this out because a lot of these arguments aren't rooted in truth. 
facts or numbers. They're mm-hmm. rooted in emotion. They're yeah. rooted in insecurity. Yeah. yeah. And they're also rooted in youth. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't blame a young 20-year-old or mid-20-year-old person for having these feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up because we've had plenty of friends over the last 10 years who in their 20s got married and mm-hmm. was preaching one thing. Oh, man. And then now they're in their 30s and they're either divorced, remarried, or looking and their outlook on life is completely, completely different. different. A lot of my, you know, female counterparts who were like, I don't need it. I don't need him for that. I can walk away. I don't got to. I don't got to are lonely <laughs> and looking for somebody again because mm-hmm. that single life mm-hmm. just wasn't doing it for them, mm-hmm. you know, and that person who they were with, you know, definitely was not their person in that, you know, like mm-hmm. very well within their right to walk away mm-hmm. from a relationship that didn't no, that no longer serve them however quickly realize that like man i do want to be interdependent with someone i don't want to be the independent woman that i thought i wanted to be i just was in a relationship that was stifling me in whatever way shape or form um so the recognizing of that i think is where the tide starts to shift and uh, like you said it comes with maturity for Mm -hmm. sure for sure so let's check out some more stats in 1970 35.6% 35.6% of black women and 27.7% of black uh, black men and 27.7% of black women were never married. But by 2020, these percentages have ju- had jumped to 51.4% of black men and 47% for black women. So black women are, om- are almost getting married at twice the rate as they were in the 70s. Yeah. While the percentage of all adults who were never married increased by 7.6%. Percentage points for men and 7.9 percentage points for women. The corresponding change for black adults was more than double that at Mm. 15.8 percent points for for men and 19.8 for women. Wow. So there's still value in marriage for black people. Absolutely. There's definitely value. Absolutely. And if you let a couple people say it or if you find a couple people around a mic doing a podcast, they'll be like, no, it ain't. You know, but you cannot isolate the idea or you cannot generalize the idea based off of just that but but there's a good point here they said while the percentage of people who never married were only 7.6 percent for all adults Mm -hmm. for for men Mm -hmm. it was 15.8 percent points for black Black men men. Uh right which which shows you even though we're less of the population there's a higher rate of black men who are not getting married Mm. but there are also there are also mitigating factors to these numbers, right? Mm-hmm. For example, and I know people hate when you bring up these things, but this is the truth. Institutional and systemic racism. Incarcerate. Incarceration. Incarceration. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. The uh, inability to get access to resources to marry properly. For example, mm-hmm. it costs money mm-hmm. to get married. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly pushed in a state of poverty, it's a lot more difficult to legally get married. Right. So a lot of those numbers are correlated to what we have to deal with as black people. For sure. But the bottom line is, is this. More black people are getting married than not. Mm -hmm. So this argument that black people don't value marriage and the black family is under crisis is fake. Because there are more black people getting married in the 2020s than there were in the 1970s. And the 1970s was considered a renaissance for black love and black empowerment right after the the civil rights movement in the late 1960s. Oh, for sure. And then the ability just to, you know, enter into these kind of unions became a thing. You see what I'm know? saying? And if you weren't that, or if you weren't, you know, married by a certain age, it's like, well, what the hell's going on with you? Right. 
you know, right. because we still have grandparents and elders who look to people who are younger nowadays and be like, well, what's, what's going wrong on? with you? What's going on with such right. and such? He ain't found a one right. yet. Damn. He been, right. <laughs> went through so many chicks came in and out of here and still don't find one yet. I think it's important, especially for this relationship to discuss messaging mm-hmm. because young kids are going to be swayed based on social media. Oh, Not even God. so much mass media so anymore, heavily. but music and social media. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the arguments people are having, and people are arguing the exceptions, mm. they're not arguing the rules. That's typically it for shock value. You know what I'm for shock value, yeah. Like, like for clicks, for, example, for likes. The idea that black women aren't desirable, or desirable by black men, mm-hmm. and black men don't love black women, mm-hmm. right? The the argument that black women don't value and don't respect black men mm-hmm. was all debunked as a lie. Because 85% of the black men who are married in this country are married to, to black, black women. women. I believe it. And the crazy thing is, people will then say, well, the more money a black man makes, the more likely he is to marry outside of his race, which is false. Because Triple and I looked up, I think this was four years ago, as black men made more money, made over 100000 200000 the the rate that they hired black women was also higher. Mm. Which I also want to point out because this argument that we don't respect and don't love and don't honor each other is just not real. It's not true. Yeah. It's, it's just an argument that certain people in certain groups are having. And because that argument is the loudest. The loudest minority. People are saying that that argument is what's happening. And it's truly not. It's not people have to really learn to not take things as safe, as, at face value. Because right. for that reason, the loud minority is typically what it is. And they're the ones that are trying to create or have created this narrative that people are completely bought into. And at this point in the game, children who are young, well, I say children, but they mm-hmm. people in their 20s, for example, I don't even know if they're equipped to be able to debunk any of that mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why, you know, you and I having a podcast like this or platforms like Black Love and things like that, they're so necessary for us to be able to say, hey, guys, just just think about it from this perspective for a second. I'm glad you brought that up because I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you believe, oh, this is actually a great question. Triple! Shout out to Triple. <laughs> Do you believe a woman can be both independent and inter- interdependent? You're looking at her. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, why could you not? The thing I think that the, is the key factor for being both independent and interdependent is having a spouse who empowers you wait, to Wait, wait, wait. No, no, that's the next question. Don't go into that. What? Don't go into that. <laughs> no, that's the next question. Don't go into that. How can a woman, don't, don't, I want to ask that question next. I want to okay. interview you, right? Okay. Because okay. I also want to ask, because that question is next. But how can a woman prepare to be independent before they even get, before they even get to a spouse? Because you said mm-hmm. finding a spouse, boom. But how right. can a woman prepare to be both independent and interdependent? Well, What's that mindset? I think like? I was about to say it's a mindset she has to already already be bought into. You have to know that I've already done X, Y, Z to get to this point in my career, if that's mm-hmm. something that you desire. You know, whatever title it is that you're looking to have, however many degrees you're you're able to have, you need to do that on your own. And if Mm. anything, nothing more than to prove to yourself that you were able to do it. But also knowing, and that's the independent part of it, but also knowing that you do aspire to share this with someone. I'm not doing all of this just for myself or I aspire to have children. So therefore, by being independent and being self-sufficient, now I can find someone who is of equal, equally yoked, right? That can then add to that and we can then be interdependent on each other to then build this life even further. Okay. Okay. I got that. Okay. Let me so, go to the next one. Right. <laughs> Do you believe that men in general are truly interdependent in relationships? Do 
But I think that men are truly interdependent in relationships. In general. In general. Um, I would say, well, my example is thinking about like, like I don't think, for example, men, men have to want to be in a relationship to be interdependent mm-hmm. because I feel like anybody, man or woman, can be self-sufficient on Absolutely. their own. So the desire has to be for the man to desire interdependency. Mm-hmm. Do I want to share this with someone? Am I coming along with someone for the ride of life? Mm-hmm. And that's when I think inter- interdependency for men becomes an aspiration. There's some men that don't want that. I will say this as a man. I feel like men traditionally work to be interdependent. Everything we do is based on team. We play sports. It's based on team. With our friends, our friends groups, everything's based on team. Mm-hmm. So we are traditionally bred to be interdependent. The issue is, is gender roles. Right, mm. we, oh, if or romance, yeah, no, no, per not, se, not, like mean being romantically involved with someone. No, 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 not not romance. I mean, as far as like interdependent means, we're in a relationship, mm-hmm. we work together, right? But the problem with men traditionally is that we then put gender roles on how we're going to be interdependent. Okay, which means yeah, we're going to be interdependent, but I'm going to do all the things a man's supposed to do, and you're supposed to do everything a woman is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Which means. Even if we want to be interdependent and you're you want to work, mm-hmm. there often a lot of times there are men who become intimidated, especially if mm-hmm. their woman uh values their woman values work in that moment more, more than, than being home. at home. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I can see that. So it's like we we are willing to be interdependent, but then we mm-hmm. want interdependence to look the way we traditionally want it to look. Right. And I think that's where the disconnect has happened between men and women because um this change also comes socioeconomically, right? Mm-hmm. More women have been infused into the workplace as we've need more dual income households yeah. over the last 50 years. Yeah. Which means more more women have to work. Got you. Like they they just have to work. Mm-hmm. So since more women have to work, more men yeah, are saying the choice is not there for yeah, a lot the, of people anymore. You see what I'm it's saying? True. So it's, it's true. like a woman is like, if I have to work, mm-hmm. I'm going to do something I love. I'm going to find a career. Then they get engrossed in their career and then a man feels like, wait a minute. We supposed to do this together. You were supposed to take a break to do this while I do this. And then she's like, wait a minute, my career doesn't say that I can take a break right now while you want me to take the break. Maybe kids can wait a little bit. Then it's like, <laughs> I don't want to wait on kids. I want to have kids right now. And that's where the conflict comes in. Mm-hmm. Because the interdependence is there from men, but we oftentimes try to control, control how interdependent what it looks like. we yeah. And that's and I think that's to, the problem. So that's why you jumped in when I said what I said, because it's you empower me to be yes. independent within this interdependent relationship. Yes. Right. No, I can see that as a as a as a way. But I feel like also too, a lot of men are just not rushing into being interdependent. Like they don't necessarily want when I say being romantically involved, like you have to romantically want to be involved with someone to then right. choose to be in a relationship which is in turn independent. A lot of men are not necessarily desiring that. For that reason, True. they just don't want to have to be locked True. down. Locked down. Like for, for them, it's like, I don't want to relinquish any control. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, for us, we ha- we weren't, this is another thing that we haven't discussed, is how young ladies are conditioned to receive or find romance, mm-hmm. right? For women, it's like, I have to be chosen. You know, I have to sit down, wait, be dainty, be chosen. Right. For a man, it's like I can go out and conquer. I can go pick and choose, pick and choose, try, 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 pick and choose. Mm-hmm. But if a woman tries to be chosen with a multiple people, mm-hmm. then she's labeled. Mm. So it's almost like, dang, 
I, as a woman, if I'm a woman, don't even have the same opportunity to find a mate to be interdependent with. I have to hope the right mate chooses me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where there's also a conflict between men and women because women are like, nowadays, women are like, I'm not going to sit back and just let you walk by with all of these different people. If I want to see something, I'm going to go get it on my own. Mm -hmm. You know what what I'm saying? And, And to be honest, I think that's where the independence comes with the interdependent. Mm-hmm. You were inter- You were always wanted to be... The minute we met and I, you said, what do you want to do with your life? You said, how are we going to get there? Yeah. You were always going to be interdependent. For but sure. you was independent in the fact that you were like, I'm not going to sit back and wait to be chosen. Yeah. I'm going to go out there, get what I want from my career, get what I want from my love life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is the new recipe for the modern woman. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why, you know, we started off with independence versus interdependence. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there is a, and I'm that's why I'm glad when I read this question, mm-hmm. I don't think that there is a choose one or the other. That's where soft life became became a thing. You hear people talking about soft yeah, life I see now, it right? Now, I see Women it now. are just like soft life me. Like I'm no longer subscribing to team no sleep. I'm not subscribing mm-hmm. to independent women throw your hands up at no, I'm not doing that. I want the soft life. How do you get achieve the soft life essentially? Most women want the self life by by being able to offload yeah. some things sometimes onto a partner, yeah. so that way I can have those soft moments. Yeah. That's not the rhetoric that was being spewed no. to me. Like my mother, my mother would be like, soft life. What does that even, what does that even mean? What does that look like? Like you need to be a go-getter. You need to be ambitious, right. you know? And naturally that's what drew you to me though. That is. You didn't look at me and be like, oh, well, she's just somebody who's so, going to sit back and chill. I'm glad she's somebody who's going to get all the things that she wants and she would make a dope ass partner. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm about to debunk something that people often we say. all day. Y'all. I'm going to debunk it because this, this, <laughs> this be annoying the fuck out of me. But this is the, this is like the, the worst take I've ever seen. I've seen so many men and women, black, white, all say this. Men are intimidated by strong, go-getting women. That is not true. Hmm. Take a look at all of the men in my life who are married, my parents' generation and our generation. Mm -hmm. All of those men seeked out women who were strong go-getters to help build a life. True. Very true. Think about, and the ones that we know who had women mm-hmm. who were like kind of meek ending, they did not last. Mm. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, think of all yeah, of the women right. in, in my life. Think of all of the women in your life. Mm-hmm. Think of all of our friends. All of our friends are married to women who are strong go-getters. Every man that I know who was with a, a woman that, that was like, oh, that could be my wife, said that that could be my wife because they all said this. Now she be going and getting it. Mm-hmm. So this idea that a strong, intelligent, go-getting black women are not desirable is also fake. It's not a real narrative. But is it is it is it intimidating for a man who may not have his shit together? It is. It is. You know? But but let's be real though. Why are you as a strong, independent, go-getting black woman seeking the company of an insecure, meek man? Because you, you might be dropping good dick off. Who knows? That, I no, mean, there's no, so many reasons, that, that, you know? But that it is, could just be what, you know? We saw the other meme. To we, be quite we honest. We saw a meme, right? We saw a meme that said, broke niggas give the best dick. Yeah, I right? heard that. I've seen that. So here it is. Stories. You have a lot of <laughs> You have a lot of women who have their own, make their own money, who only see men for what they can provide in that moment, which is sex. Mm-hmm. 
But you keep choosing the same type of man. Right. And then using that as your litmus test for how all men, because right. you keep choosing the same type of insecure man. And then complaining about it. And saying it's all men. And it's then not. welcoming us to your TED Talk. <laughs> that, that then becomes a podcast. That then becomes the loud minority. Yes, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a vicious cycle, man. It's, a, it's the same way men who are insecure, who don't want a strong woman, will date a woman like that. Mm-hmm. And use them as an example, like, see, it didn't work out with us because she was doing this. You keep dating the wrong type of women, my guy. Mm-hmm. And then when you get a woman, like you say, you ask for, I just want a woman to be quiet. Let me be a man. You know what they call them women? Gold diggers. <laughs> to think about it. Gold diggers. Or it's like, nah, I'm going to marry this girl because, you know, she a little younger. I could train her to be what I need her to be. And then it don't work out because, you know. See, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. That whole, I don't think that training thing is a, a, a fake too. It's a fake. Because I'm going to say it's fake because younger women are allowed mm-hmm. to say they date older men so they can learn. Mm-hmm. They say that all the time. I can't, I can't date niggas my age. The niggas my age don't know shit. I want to learn from an older man. But then if an older man says he likes dating younger women because they're more malleable, women get upset. Mm-hmm. They were dragging um, Marcus Houston. I know. Well, uh, well he, he had married his guys, his wife. Yeah, she was young or something. They were dragging him, I believe, because they say and this is all speculation. We don't know. Mm-hmm. They were saying that he groomed her or something like that from the time yeah. she was thirteen. Like they, oh, met, I don't know about all that. Because yeah. they were saying that she, they got married when she was she 19, was nineteen. Oh, but and he, he was knew in her. his thirties and he knew her for years before that. Got so they're you. saying, is that grooming? Now oh. we don't know those people, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to give an opinion on what that is. Right. But the truth of the matter is. If you met a woman mm-hmm. who was under the age of 18 mm-hmm. and y'all were friends for all that time and then you get married the minute they come become of age, it does mm-hmm. seem like right. you were preying on them when mm-hmm. you were m- more mature enough to tell them what they needed to hear. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Like You can say what you want to say, but that's li- literally what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, they mm-hmm. said the same thing about, what's his name, who married Kamora Lee. She, um, oh yeah, Russell Russell, right. mm-hmm. Russell Simmons. Like yeah. Kamora Lee was extremely young. Mm-hmm. He had first met her when she was a model and she was 14. Right. And a lot of people said that he was grooming her to become his wife. Now, or maybe not grooming per se, but also like just, you know, you know the person, you have a relationship or you see him in passing for years, and then finally when it makes sense, it can be when they're older. Absolutely. I get you it. Know? I mean, we don't we don't know the yeah. terms of their engagement or when they met. So that's why I don't like to give judgment on that. Yeah. But yeah. but based on what people are saying with the age of Marcus Houston, it was mm-hmm. that. Mm. It wasn't just that because she was young. It was how long they knew each other beforehand. And gotcha. she got married at 19. Plus, I mean, it, it's it's going to sound crazy, right? It's, it's going to sound crazy. But if you're a young lady and you want to learn about life, right? Mm-hmm. Would you be with another 19-year-old immature person? Right. I mean, you can look at it that way. I mean, I was with a guy who is my age. And we, right. we I think, I feel like and, we're, we're very much... Part of the anomaly group because it's not many are like us, but absolutely, yeah. And we worked together. We worked together, and we were a little bit more mature in our mindset from early. But you were also a go getter, though. That's and you were also independent. And I saw that you were a go getter too. A go getter, and 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 you were working towards something, and that in itself was enough. It would have been way different though if you were nineteen saying soft life me. I'm just gonna sit here and wait. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's right. why I feel like the independent aspect of a woman can't be lost. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just say soft life me. I'm chilling and waiting for someone right. to take care of me. Or you can't just aspire to be interdependent when you don't necessarily bring bring something into the to table. The table. Yeah. Mic drop on. You that. see what I'm saying? <laughs> to me, I think that's what the modern woman looks like, and mm-hmm. why why it would be desirable for mm-hmm. a man. Mm-hmm. 
who's choosing also interdependent is because I I like the fact that boom I, when I transfer when I retired from the NFL officially, yo, if you go get this job and you get insurance, I can focus on this while you do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. that little bit of break. Well, wifey's gonna get us insurance. I was like, how much money are you gonna be making? Okay, you hold on to that. If I need that at any point, as as extra income, I'll hit you. Man, that's a it felt that. good to be able to have that from my wife, but I know it also felt good as a woman to be able to be like, okay, yo, I'm holding it down for the family right now. I love you see that. What I'm saying I love that for us. Yeah, no, it was a great time because we were able to offload certain things on our plate. Like, mm-hmm. what's better than not having somebody that you can say, hey. I'm having an issue with this. Let me yep. offload this real quick so I can focus on that while you focus on this. Yep. Like, it's teamwork, baby. Absolutely. Teamwork. All right. Let's go take a quick break and get into these list of letters after we get into ads. We'll be back. Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, you're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip, because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another Black lead brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, 
but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. All right, now we're back. Listener letter time. I go ahead and start. Candival, first off, let me start by saying I absolutely love watching your videos and seeing how you interact with your beautiful family. Thank you. All right, so boom. Y'all from New York. Boom, when I see eyes, so boom. All right, so boom. New York. With two eyes. <laughs> I'm a 30-year-old single mother of two very handsome boys, two and seven. Early last year, I moved myself and my boys from the East Coast to Arizona alone. I've just been promoted to manager for my company. I'm having a hard time finding a great work-life balance without feeling like I'm burnt out. I barely have any help from their fathers. Yeah, it's two bozos, I know. <laughs> I'm mm. already judging myself. And none of my family is here. They are in school and daycare, but I feel like when I get home from work, I literally only have enough energy to cook dinner and prepare everyone for the next day, school and work. I am off weekends, but spend most of the day in bed sleep or going to do my hair as I'm a licensed or doing hair as I'm a licensed cosmetologist. I recently put my actual business on the back burner because it was too much to juggle work, kids, doing here, and running my business. I know they say it takes a village, but how do I balance it all when I'm the mm. only person in this village, girl? I don't know. Ooh, as a mother, I want to be fully there and active for my boys, but their entire everything falls on me and me alone. And I don't get, I don't, and I and don't get into get. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm tired, y'all. Don't get me into dating. That's non-existent as well. I guess my real question is, what tips do you guys have that I can to avoid burnout, and also ensure that everything is done, even though it's only one person? Sincerely, a tired soul. This is easy. I've been doing this Sis, for, for prototype. You do it, man. It's, it's easy. You have to find people Single in moms. the village that you may not be related to. Think about prototype. How many true. kids we had in our house because those were single moms and sometimes the kids need to be picked up. That's true. Then you got Coach DeVal coming to pick you up. Carpool. You got Coach Brian coming to pick you up. Yeah. You got Coach Hannah, Coach mm -hmm. Courtney. Like There are so many willing and able men in these communities who are committed to their community that will help you. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to use discernment and decide yes. who is going to be around your family because right. you can't just have major. anybody around your kids. You can't just have strangers. You have to mm -hmm. be smart enough to look around and see who you can trust and who you can't. But the truth of the matter is, once you move to another location, you have to look around you and find like minds to help build that family. Kadeen and I do it here. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're in Atlanta. We moved her mom and down, dad down. Yes, that does help. But there's still times where it's just like, hey, our neighbor has three kids who are in the same basketball program. They can grab Jackson from basketball and yeah. it'll give mom and dad a rest because we're away filming. Yep. You know, so, so look in your community and your neighborhood and see if you can find some people to help. Let me tell you, when I went to Jackson school for the sneak peek night, <laughs> it was the opening night. I was about seven months pregnant with Coda. And I get there and his parents there with their children. And I see, look at all the fifth graders and stuff. And I see this beautiful black family, you know, mom and dad, their son. And I was like, they look like some nice people. <laughs> so I literally went over to them and I was just like, hey, my name is Kadeen. Nice to meet you. They extended their hands, shook hands. Hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm so-and-so. Awesome. This is my son, Jackson. Um, we're new pretty much to Georgia. 
Uh, this will be his first year here, and we're looking for some good people, and y'all look like good people. So, so it's funny because to this day, every time that time of year rolls around, I'm like, y'all, it's our anniversary. This one I bagged you, you know. And it's funny because they've become such Jackson and this kid is their best friends now. Yeah, the family has been amazing to yeah, us. They have been great. They literally have been like family here. They've spent Christmas here. They, I mean, and it's nothing like finding like-minded individuals who are in your community or in your neighborhood that you can rely on. So, sis. I don't know how you do it as a single mom, having the guts and the courage to move cross country with your boys alone. Yeah, crazy. I could not imagine being the only one every time someone's calling for mom. And I know what it feels like when I miss a school event or miss a sporting event um, because of work. So it's virtually impossible for you to duplicate yourself. You need to find some help. Um, and that's ultimately the only thing I think that will help you here yeah. to preserve yourself too in your mental. So good luck to you. I hope it works out for you out there in Arizona. Facts. Yeah. Number two. Hi, Devon and Kadeen. I want to start by saying that I freaking love y'all. We love you too. Y'all are really my cousins in my head. Mm -hmm. LOL. I actually never thought I would be writing in an email because I'm sure y'all get so many and mine may not even get read. However, after listening to the Coach Daddy episode, I had to write in. I'm a single mom of two whole boys. Ages 13 and 5. My 13-year-old is a student athlete that plays basketball. He's been playing since about 8 and is a pretty skilled player for his age group. The issue is the attitude. Teaching him how to control his emotions, attitude, mm. and body language on the court has been challenging this last year. He started his year off with a small injury that prevented him from playing the first few games. He felt like once he returned, he was placed on the back burner, and it has caused him to be extremely frustrated. His frustration turned into an emotion and his emotion comes off as an attitude. This has impacted his relationship with his coaches and his playing time. It's been a domino effect. As a single mom, I have to play both the tough love role and the nurturer because mm. I need there to be a balance. He has coaches like DeVal that just don't play and are really tough on him. I know in your case with Jackson, by the way, I have a Jackson too. DeVal can give the tough love because Kay can always be the safe place to land. How can I be both? You can always be both, baby. I have to be both, and Kay has to learn to yeah, be both. Yeah, DeVal's both. Yeah. I don't want to coddle him through this tough time. However, I also don't want him to feel beat down by everyone. I do feel like he's learning how to, to self-correct, but I feel like he's being overshadowed by previous behaviors. Mm. How can I help him through this adversity? Your thoughts and opinions are greatly appreciated. P.S. Him and I watched a video of you and Jackson in the gym together, and I've allowed him to adopt the saying, frustration fucks up your focus. <laughs> LOL. It has helped. Love a mom. Who just wants the best for her son? Oh, I love man. That mom. I'm glad that I want to do more podcasts about parenting. Mm -hmm. I do. I really mm -hmm. do because we we've learned a lot over the last couple of years. This yeah, is very simple. First thing you have to realize is that your children's behavior are a reflection of what they see. Mm -hmm. If your child has a poor attitude or a bad attitude, he's learned that from somewhere. Because mm -hmm. children just don't learn bad attitudes, mm -hmm. which means sometimes for us as parents, we have to self-correct and figure out if that bad attitude is a reflection of what I do to him. Mm -hmm. So, for example. With Jackson, I noticed with him is that he, he'll suck his teeth, he'll roll his eyes. His body language will get down. And I'm just like, where do you learn that? He screams. I told you about the time when he was screaming at Cairo. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, bro, what makes you think you can scream at your brother? And he said, well, you scream at mommy. Mm -hmm. And I had to realize, like, dang, did, did he see me screaming at you at some point? And remember when we were having the argument about, the, um, about COVID? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you and I had the argument right. and I was screaming? yeah. And I had to realize, like, wow, my son is always going to revert back to what he sees me do mm -hmm. as his example for life. So we were in the car one day, and we were having a conversation about his attitude. Mm 
And I started going him. I started screaming and screaming and screaming and getting upset. And I was da 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 da. And then we go downstairs in the gym and he comes down to me and he goes, Dad, you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Is your attitude fine? Because at the gym, you were acting this way. And he was just like, yeah, I understand that. But I felt like you could have handled that better in the car. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and I, I had, at first... When the checker becomes the checkee. Right, right. <laughs> but, but at first, I was about to check him and be like, it's funny, you can tell me about my attitude, but you don't... And then I realized, like, oh, I'm about to do it again. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to do it again. So I said, let yeah. me be the example. I said, you know what, you're right. Mm -hmm. I could have handled that better. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how could I have handled that better? He said, there was no reason for you to scream at me. Like, I was right there. We were on our way home. It's just us. I was listening to you. There's no reason for you to scream and get all animated. And I was like, you know what, you're right. I'm going to work on that. And because I gave him some accountability, he realized that he didn't have to be perfect. And so when he started to mess up, he stops getting as emotional. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I don't, if you notice know anymore, Kay, Kay can attest to this if she sees this. I don't scream at our kids anymore. Nah, I haven't either. thrown a laptop in the pool. <laughs> I haven't gotten super animated or, or boisterous. Like I haven't done any I haven't of that. I haven't either. Because I've learned that the more I compose myself, mm -hmm. the more they will remain composed and calm if something happens when we're not there. It's interesting, too, you mentioned that because just in general, our kids are not super loud and over the top with no. anything, even with each other. You know, because, mm -mm. of course, as brothers, they had the little spats and whatnot. But yeah. we never really hear loud matches of shouting and mm -mm. back and forth because we don't do that. And it's more impactful when you bring your kid near if they did something. Like, Listen, the fuck do you think this is right now? <laughs> Because I definitely have had like one or two moments with Jackson, but like, who in the fuck are you talking to? Yeah. I, and that's yeah. when his eyes get really big and he's just like, oh shit, mom, just dropped the F-bomb. Because he knows that he, he can't curse. use that language around me and I don't use it to their knowledge. Right. I hope that they listen to the podcast one day. <laughs> but um, but yeah, there's nothing more than just composing yourself and just saying, yo, you're not, what we're not going to do is that. Yeah. We're not going to do that. And, and also validating their feelings. Mm-hmm. Don't make them feel like they have no reason for their feelings because then they get confused and then they start to question themselves. Why like, why do way? I feel this way? Oh, yeah. And when you start to question, why do I feel this way? So frustrating. You, you start to get frustrated, more emotional, but then you lack the confidence to try to find a way out of it because you feel like something is wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So what I always do with Jackson is when he has an issue, for example, like he was upset he didn't get some playing time in a game. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I did was ask the coach, like, what's up? Jackson is one of the more skilled players. Why didn't he play? And the coach made it very clear to me. He said, Jackson is 12, but he just turned 12. Some of our players are 12 turning 13. Mm -hmm. we, when we play other teams who have players who are 12 turning 13 or mostly 13-year-olds, Jackson can't help us defensively because those kids are just taller. Like, mm -hmm. we're at the point in the game where height really, really, really matters. matters yeah. So he couldn't help us on defense. So since he couldn't help us on defense, he rolled the bench a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I spoke to Jackson and I gave him that explanation. I said, how do you feel about that? He said, that's fucking whack. That's literally what he said. He said, I can play defense. I said, so now what you have to do prove it. is prove it. But you don't prove it by throwing a tantrum, getting upset and getting emotional. You are entitled to be upset that you're mm -hmm. not playing. Mm -hmm. If I were you, I'd be upset too. But now you have a choice. Are you going to get emotional and cry and be a baby and not get better? Or... Are you going to say, you know what, there are certain things in my game I can work on to prove that I can play against taller kids and do that? And he was just like, I think I'm going to do that. And I didn't say, well, do it the next time and, mm -hmm. and fix it and correct it. I said, well, it's a work in progress. If you get emotional the next time and you're still upset, this is something you're going to work on through your whole life. I am a grown man and I still had to check my emotions. Right, Jackson? He was like, yeah. So I said, so don't feel like you have to be perfect the next time. Just try to be better. 
Mm-hmm. And every time it, you feel like you're losing it, think about what we worked on and just get better for next time. Yeah. And that's all it is. Just work with them through the process. But the biggest thing is you maintain your composure. Maintain your composure. If you're a single mom, yes. I spoke to my cousin Portia about this. Moms love to scream and holler and throw gonna stuff. Say, that was going to be my thing. Like She said, she, how does she go between me and tough guy and nurturer? And it really has a way. It's everything to do with the way you compose yourself and deliver the message. You can be tough and you can be stern without hollering and yelling. You can yes. also be a nurturer without coddling and babying. Yes, you can. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad. There's you know a way what? to do that. I'm glad you said that because that is that is so true. Mm-hmm. I am tough on these kids. Super tough. But I don't scream and holler at them no more. Nope. I nurture them. I'll, I will have a serious conversation and I'll bring them over and I'll be like, you know what? How you feel? You still mad? Okay. Well, give me a kiss. I love you. Give me a hug. You still got shit to do. But you can give me a hug. And after this hug, you can get your emotions together, take your time, and finish what you started. That's how you can be tough but love them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to let you quit. I'm not going to let you mm-hmm. off the hook. I'm going to hold you accountable, but I'm going to love you through the process. Yes. Toughness comes with accountability, not with volume or physical touch. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't got to hit somebody to be tough. It or, doesn't no. have to be super emotional. Toughness comes with accountability. Yep. Yeah. And rational thinking. Mm-hmm. All right. Good luck to you, mama. You're out there doing it and doing it well. All right, y'all. Write into us, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. If you want to be featured as a listener letter, we love to hear from you. That's right. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right. Moment of truth time. This is my moment of truth. It's mad easy, okay? Interdependent. All right. Well, we'll sum it up for us then. (laughs) (laughs) Use discernment with who you listen to about relationships. Mm, That's a good overarching one. Yes. I never say, I never believed too much advice was a thing mm-hmm. until social media became a thing. Mm-hmm. There's too much advice. Right. Right? Do some research on your own facts and stats. Check the details about what's really going on over here. Mm-hmm. But remember this. Black men love black women. Mm-hmm. Black women love black men. We are getting married at a higher rate than we ever have in this country, and we love the shit out of each other. That's a fact. Don't let anyone fool you into believing otherwise. That's my moment of truth. You better wrap it up for us. Put a damn bow on that bitch. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my moment of truth is is pretty simple, too. It's interdependence and dependence. Sorry. Interdependency and independence can coexist. You can do it simultaneously. I agree. You can become the independent man or woman that you want to be, but aspire towards interdependency for it to work. And if that's the aspiration, put the egos aside and just get the job done. Because that's what we're trying to do over here, y'all. Period. All right, y'all. And you can follow us, find us, subscribe, join the Patreon gang gang, y'all, to see exclusive Deadass podcast video content and Ella's family content as well. You can find us on social media, Deadass the Podcast. I am Kadeen I am. And I am Deval. And if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And keep telling your friends, y'all. I know we 11 seasons in, baby, but some of y'all have been writing and saying that this is the first time you've heard about or listened to the podcast. And we love newbies. So put your friends on, put your family on, and have them join the family. Love y'all. Deadass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. In 
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.